RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Steve Dunthorne. The headlines. Hong Kong's coronavirus vaccination programme is officially underway. The financial chief defends his budget as RTHK listeners tell him to spend money on people instead of football pitches. And officials say they may accelerate a plan to phase out polluting private cars. Hong Kong's coronavirus vaccination programme officially began this morning with members of the public receiving jabs at several centres. The man in charge of the programme, Civil Service Secretary Patrick Nip, says hundreds of thousands of people in priority groups will be inoculated in the next month or so. Some 70,000 people signed up when bookings opened on Tuesday and Mr Nip says 200,000 slots will open for booking on Monday. He said some centres earmarked to deliver the delayed BioNTech vaccine will initially offer Sinovac shot. We, you know, recently decided to add three additional community vaccination centres for about two months for Sinovac vaccines because we noticed that there is an overwhelming response and um, many people would like um, to get vaccinated early. So we respond to this demand and uh, we make the arrangement as best as we can and I uh, hope that uh, we could uh, continue to launch the programme in a safe, orderly manner. Callers to a special budget phone-in programme have once again criticised the government's plan to hand out consumption vouchers to boost the economy. Vicky Wong reports. The Financial Secretary Paul Chan says the government is still working on the details of its $5,000 voucher scheme, but he assured people they wouldn't need a personalised octopus card to redeem them. He was taking questions from callers two days after delivering his annual budget. One caller, Ling, criticised Mr Chan for investing money into football pitches, saying people and businesses needed immediate help. Immediately, we paid 10000 for everyone and they will spend it within a month. Don't do something. For example, the football pitch. No need to make the football pitch better. People is in deep desperation. Yeah. The financial secretary also defended his plan for government-guaranteed low interest loans for the unemployed, but he wasn't able to give a convincing answer when pressed by host Hugh Chiverton about what would happen if the loans weren't repaid. The loan will be completely taken up by the company. By, by the government, yeah, because yeah. we provide 100% guarantee. What it sounds like to me is if you don't pay it back, nothing's going to happen. Not, not really. You could, yeah, you yeah, we we need to do the usual due diligence in terms of recovery, but of course we need to be sensitive to the individual situations. Mr Chan was asked about a range of matters from increasing the stamp duty on share trading to funding for playgrounds and the taxation of spirits, but the voucher scheme was the subject of most questions. The government says it plans to its plan to phase out the sale of private petrol and diesel cars by 2035 is progressive and could be brought forward. The Environment Secretary, Wang Kamsing, said the scheme, announced in Wednesday's budget, could push car manufacturers and sellers to increase the supply of electric vehicles in Hong Kong. He said the 2035 target would be reviewed every five years. The meaning of 2035 is to set a clear signal to the car manufacturers and suppliers to Hong Kong that we progressively support more EV or e-pirate vehicles in Hong Kong. Because in Hong Kong, one of the critical factors to go through this transition is to have reasonable supply of the EV in the private car sector. The Transport Minister, Frank Chan, has defended the Financial Secretary's decision to increase the tax on new private vehicles and increase licence fees, brushing aside concerns that the changes will add to people's financial burden while doing little to reduce congestion. 
The move has been criticised by car owners, while Green Group say the fact it doesn't apply to commercial vehicles means it won't do much for pollution. Mr Chan says the time is right for action. There is never a good time for tax or fee increase, and therefore we have to consider the prevailing uh, congestion conditions. We have considered the prevailing economic uh, situation, the affordability of the car owners, and a host of other factors. And we consider the percentage change uh, is appropriate. The government says it expects to start offering subsidies to repair sewage pipes at 300 old buildings this year, with the Urban Renewal Authority accepting applications from May. $1 billion has been earmarked for the programme that targets a total of 3,100 buildings. The Secretary for Development, Michael Wong, says subsidies will cover 80% of the cost of revamps at buildings that are at least 40 years old. If we use public money to fully cover the costs involved, there might be some moral hazard because uh, if owners believe that uh, if they do not actively maintain the upkeep of the building, then every time it will be covered by uh, money from the public purse. Um, we don't think it is it's a wise move. The Chinese University Student Union says it hasn't decided yet whether it will register as an independent body after the university cut ties with its newly elected leadership and stripped members of their positions on all committees. The university said it had warned those who ran in Wednesday's election that their platform might contravene the law following remarks on national security. The body's president-elect, Isaac Lam, said he hoped the management would respect the union's mandate, saying it had won 4,000 votes from students. A former deputy director of the Basic Law Committee, Elsie Leung, has backed mainland calls to reform Hong Kong's electoral system to ensure the SAR is governed by patriots. The former justice secretary said issues here would never be solved and Hong Kong wouldn't find peace without changes to its political system. She denied it would be unfair for Beijing, rather than the local administration, to handle the reforms. No, I don't think so. I think the leadership repeatedly said that one country, two system is going to continue. A majority of members of the Dutch parliament have supported a proposal to classify China's treatment of its Uyghur minority as a genocide. The Canadian parliament passed a similar motion a few days ago. Here's the BBC's Anna Holligan. Recognising the atrocities as genocide prevents the world from looking the other way, Liberal MP Sjord Sjorsma told the BBC. The motion to classify the alleged abuses as a deliberate attempt to destroy an entire ethnic group constitutes a grave condemnation. The BBC has uncovered allegations of systematic rape and torture in the camps, while an Associated Press investigation found evidence of forced sterilisation. China has described these claims as completely unfounded. President Biden has held a ceremony to mark the vaccination of 50 million Americans against the coronavirus. He said the US was weeks ahead of schedule on the path to immunising 100 million people in his first 100 days in office, a key promise he made before his inauguration. At first, critics said that goal was too ambitious. No one could do that. Then they said it was too small. At the bottom line, though, is that America will be the first country, perhaps the only one, to get that done. And today, I'm here to report we're halfway there. 15 million shots in just 37 days since I've become president. America's top infectious diseases expert, Dr. Anthony Fauci, says a third coronavirus vaccine becoming available in the US will help the country take control of the pandemic. 
US regulators announced on Wednesday that Johnson & Johnson's single-dose vaccine offers strong protection against severe COVID-19 and is expected to be approved by the Federal Drug Administration. Dr Fauci told NBC that by adding a third vaccine to the mix after Pfizer and Moderna, there's more chance for people to be immunised against the disease. It gives individuals who might be in different parts of the country different accessibility. To have two is fine. To have three is absolutely better. It's better because there are more choices. It's better also because it increases the supply of vaccines. EU leaders have agreed to speed up the bloc's vaccination programme after widespread criticism that it's been too slow. During a video conference call, they voted to quicken the production, distribution and authorisation of the jabs. Here's the BBC's Kevin Connolly. The EU's failures last year in funding vaccine development and signing contracts guaranteeing early supplies have created a stuttering start to its vaccination programme. With no immediate fix to hand, the European Commission is focusing on improving production and supply over the medium to long term. It's also determined to ensure that any border restrictions between member states don't block supply chains around the continent. Perhaps the biggest idea on the horizon is the development of a vaccine passport. Technical work on how an app showing vaccination and testing status might work on phones is underway. The UN's nuclear watchdog, the IAEA, says a deal it struck with Iran has given diplomats precious time to save the international nuclear accord. The agency's chief, Rafael Grossi, said the agreement he reached recently in Tehran ensured there'd be no blind spots in the inspection regime. In the first place, we could ensure that information which is indispensable to reconstruct the situation with the additional protocol, that has been preserved. Without this understanding that we negotiated and we signed with Iran, this would have been simply impossible. But he conceded that Iran's reduction in its cooperation with his agency hadn't been good for the process. In financial news, the United States Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has called for continued international efforts to encourage economic recovery from the pandemic. The appeal came in a letter to finance ministers from the G20 major economies. Here's the BBC's Andrew Walker. If there ever was a time to go big, Janet Yellen wrote, this was the moment. She noted that the new US administration has proposed new support for families, businesses and communities. She urged the rest of the G20 to continue with large-scale efforts. She said containing the pandemic was paramount to a robust global recovery. No one nation alone could claim victory over the health and economic crises COVID had brought. Ms Yellen also called for further action to help low-income countries who, she said, had been particularly hard hit and had limited policy options to respond to the twin crises. Markets a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 29.339. That's 734 points down on the previous close. Currency is the US dollars trading at 106.06 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar and 21 cents. And the pound is going to get you 10 Hong Kong dollars and 83 cents. Time for sport. Here's Damon Pang. Thanks. Football first. Arsenal left it late to beat Benfica 3-2 in the second leg of their Europa League tie. The Gunners are through to the last 16 with a 4-3 aggregate victory. Here's the BBC's John Southall. 
Arsenal held their nerves with Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang scoring three minutes from time to save their season. The story of the night, Aubameyang gave Arsenal the lead after 21 minutes. Gonzalez equalised just before the break. A Ceballos mistake let in Rafa Silva to give Benfica the lead. Kieran Tierney then levelled things up to make it 3-3 on aggregate. But with the away goals rule, Arsenal needed another. Bakary Saka on 87 minutes with a cross to the back post and there was Aubameyang to win the game and the tie for Arsenal. The BBC's Andy Barwell has more results from the Europa League section. Manchester United's 4-0 first leg win was enough as the return against Real Sociedad at Old Trafford ended 0-0. Leicester City were the one English Premier League side to go out, beaten 2-0 at home, 2-0 overall by the Czech Republic League leaders Slavia Prague. Napoli were 2-1 winners on the night, but that wasn't enough. They went out 3-2 on aggregate to the Spanish team Granada. The Scottish Premiership leaders Rangers, 5-2 winners over Royal Antwerp. It was 9-5 on aggregate, and AC Milan needed away goals to progress after drawing 1-1 at home to Red Star Belgrade 3-3 overall Cricket, England slumped to a 10-wicket defeat against India inside two days of an astonishing third test in Ahmedabad More from the BBC's Jonathan Agnew the quickest test since 1935 and the seventh shortest ever finished with Rohit Sharma hitting root for six to complete a crazy day. 17 wickets fail as England fought back from their overnight position to bowl India out for a lead of just 33 with Root taking an extraordinary five for eight. But that also gave an indication of just how hard England would find batting second against India's spinners on this poor pitch. And sure enough, after three balls, they were naught for two with Crawley and Bairstow both bowled by Aksha Patel. Patel weaved his web with subtle variations to finish with 5 for 32, giving him 11 for 70 in only his second test and giving India a 2-1 lead in the series. Basketball, Memphis used their strong defence to stun the LA Clippers 122-94 to at home. They limited the Los Angeles All-Stars Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to a combined 30 points, with George missing 9 of 12 from the field. Grizzlies guard Tyus Jones led all scorers with a career-high 20 points off the bench. Just staying consistent, staying locked in, play our brand of basketball, which is getting stops on the defensive end, not giving them any easy looks, you know, and then pushing, getting down in transition. Elsewhere, the two top teams in the East continue their winning ways. Philadelphia wrecked Dallas 111-97 to behind 23 points from Joel Embiid, and Brooklyn extended their winning streak to eight games by crushing Orlando. Kyrie Irving had 27 points in the 37-point route, and that's your spot. To end the news, the top stories once again. Hong Kong's coronavirus vaccination programme is officially underway. The financial chief defends his budget as RTHK listeners tell him to spend money on people instead of football pitches. And officials say they may accelerate a plan to phase out polluting private cars. The news from RTHK. The government provides public COVID-19 testing services through different channels. Those without symptoms but feel they have a higher risk of exposure can visit designated public clinics or other distribution points to obtain free test kits. Those having compulsory tests can visit community testing centers for free testing. The centers also provide self-paid services to those needing test reports for personal use. If feeling ill, see a doctor promptly and don't go elsewhere. Hi, I'm Lazy Lion and I'm usually quite laid back. But you can count me in to fight COVID-19. Here are my tips. Don't go to work and seek medical advice promptly if you're unwell. 
Avoid eating out or going out if it's not necessary. Keep at least one meter apart from others and avoid contact with people who show symptoms. Social distancing can help prevent the spread of COVID-19. These are the tips for us to prevent COVID-19. you do doing? 